the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 1160. It's time for a conversation about the things we share in common. Our common hopes, our common fears, our common struggles. Together, we'll wrestle with the questions that we all have about the issues that affect our lives. This is The Common Good. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins. Well, happy Wednesday, Chicagoland. It is hump day. And here we are on the Common Good Radio. My name is Brian Fromm. I'm the lead pastor at Four Corners Community Church. Here with my co-host, Ian Simpkins, the campus pastor, the teaching pastor, the everything at the Yellow Box. <laughs> not the everything, no. In Naperville. Not even close. Uh, so we're uh, day three, day three of the Common Good. Uh, before we jump into our first topic, let me just give you uh, a couple things of information. First, uh, as we said, we're kind of diving into this radio show, and we would love to have some interaction with the, with the listeners out there to know you're out there and to begin having a conversation. We want this to be more conversational. So let me give you the phone number. Let me give you the Facebook page. The phone number is 312-660-2594, 312-660-2594, and you can interact with us at facebook.com. Uh, backslash the common good radio show that's the common good radio show on facebook we want this to be interactive we want to know the people out there right right. absolutely well you've got a good tweet for us beth moore a lot of us know beth moore uh she is a prolific writer of curriculum of books uh a lot of women's ministry stuff but really across the board uh, in the evangelical world really impressive and i think we would say on twitter she's kind of stepped out a little bit now she has yeah um, opinion, a lot more forceful. And so uh, you came across a tweet from her that we thought would be a fascinating conversation. Yeah, she tweeted this a few days ago, and I, I find it fascinating. I think it's provocative. Uh, she said, spending time with God and spending time with the Bible are not the same thing. The Bible is the Word of God, crucial to knowing Him, but it's not God. We can study our Bibles to the second coming and leave God completely out of it. We can grow in facts and never grow a wit in faith. What do you think she's getting at there? No, I want to know what you think about that. <laughs> what do you think she's getting at there? So I don't think that she is saying that uh, we shouldn't read our Bibles. Obviously. And I think that's probably the initial reading some people who gave blowback to that were like, yeah. oh, Beth Moore just wants us to meditate and <laughs> be yoga. with God. Uh, and that, to do that, we don't need to read our Bibles. Anyone who knows anything about Beth Moore knows that she loves the Bible, teaches the Bible, um, but I do think one thing she is saying there is that we often, as Christians, uh, use the Bible uh, in destructive ways, or we think of it as an academic exercise. Right. If I just know more Bible, that means uh, that I am closer to Jesus. That right. means I'm growing in my faith. And I think we would all say that knowing your Bible and reading your Bible is foundational yeah. to your faith, but it's not exclusive. It's not all that there is. Well, and I think, you know, Jesus speaks specifically, too, about uh, the knowledge, like loving the Lord our God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Obviously, the, yes. the mind isn't insignificant. He includes it for a reason that I think is, 
is is worth noting. But I think I think her point is spot on. To be honest, sometimes you can go through simply the motion of doing something, and I and I think that can be really helpful in some ways in developing healthy habits and traditions and practices. But often you can do it, you know, divorced from the person. I think sometimes we do things for God without doing with God, and mm-hmm. I think that's a really that's an important distinction to make. And yeah, I think you're right about what some of her responses were because 30 minutes later she added this. She said, I will emphasize once more that my point is not studying Scripture less. I'm a proponent of daily Bible study. It's my practice. It's my work, my life, and my delight. My point is that we need God in our study of his word. I'm just saying don't leave Jesus out of the Bible study. And I think, I think it was Richard Rohr who said that sometimes religion is the best place to hide from mm-hmm. God. You know, sometimes we can do religiously things that, you know, look spiritual and not actually like, like join God to in no way grow in awareness yes. of his presence with us. And I think when it becomes purely like an intellectual uh, exercise, that that can become dangerous for sure. Uh, we would love to know what you guys have to say about this as we continue this conversation. So give us a call specifically. We want to hear uh, what you think about Beth Moore's tweet here. 312-660-2594, 312-660-2594, or on Facebook at The Common Good Radio Show. Uh, it, what you were saying there, Ian, reminds me of, uh, I don't know who said it, maybe Jesus, when he went <laughs> at the Pharisees. Like, in the Gospels, who knew more Bible than anybody? Yeah, right. Uh, who knew more religion? Who added more to the Bible? Uh, it was the Pharisees. They... They were to be admired. They should have been admired for all that they knew mm. and all that they understood. There's a reason they were known as the religious leaders. They were, there was a reason they were esteemed, because they knew more than anybody. Yeah, right. But I believe it's also scripture that says knowledge puffs up. Yep. In the end, the goal is not information. The goal is transformation. Mm. And, and how does transformation happen? Transformation happens as I open my Bible and know his word. It's the living, breathing, active word of God. Right. Uh, but it also happens as I am in prayer. Right. It also happens as uh, I am resting, yep. you know, not running crazy. Like there are other things that I think she's getting at when we talk about being with God uh, and not just going for information, not just doing that. Well, and a little bit later, she also tweets, and I'll summarize about the people that are really good at studying the Bible, but they're, they're growing in mean-spiritedness or deceitfulness mm. or selfishness. She's saying that's, that's not how it works, right? Like— you can't grow in intimacy with Jesus and in hardness of heart. It doesn't doesn't work that way, right? The rain doesn't leave the soil drier. Like if knowledge puffs up, like wisdom brings humility. And I think if we if we try to do the Christianly thing mm. apart from Christ, that is the definition of legalism, I think. And I sometimes the Pharisees get a bum rap. I, I think in a lot of ways they were doing the best they could with what they had, you know, like God gave us these laws, so we're going to set up a bunch of additional fences around those laws so we don't even get close to breaking these laws. Mm-hmm. I, can, I, can, I can resonate with, yes. with some of that line of thinking, and it's probably why Jesus, in so many ways, was so upsetting, right? Because he's, you know, they're, they're doing work on the Sabbath, and that is, that's just deplorable. How, how could you do that? And he's saying, man, you, you are you're married to the letter of the law, and you're missing the spirit of the law, Absolutely. and I think— yeah, the spirit of the law, the letter of the law I can nail down. It's black and white. I can see it. I can control it. Spirit of the law. I mean, literally, <laughs> later in Scripture, spirit's described as like a wind. You, mm. you, you don't control the spirit. You don't know exactly where it's coming from or where it's going. And that does kind of push against, I think, some of our control freak tendencies, yeah. at least yeah. mine, for sure. <laughs> this idea of, man, I can, I can certainly sit down and say, okay, five chapters I'm going to read. 
I'm going to memorize, and then I'm done. I've I've checked the box, and I'm not saying that's bad. Please keep doing that. Yes. But to begin first by saying, okay, God, I need you to do a work in my life. Otherwise, this is just an intellectual exercise. Yeah, and I think one way to know whether transformation is occurring is to look in the mirror. Like, am I becoming, in my Bible study, uh, am I, is one of the fruits of my increased knowledge of Scripture uh, Christ-likeness? Not perfection, Mm. uh, but is it Christ-likeness? Like, in our church, I always tell people, like, go to BSF. I think BSF is one of the greatest things out there. Mm. It's wonderful. Uh, Do your Bible studies. Have your concordance or your uh, commentaries. Like, none of this is against Bible study. I would say you and I... (laughs) We are card-carrying believers in Bible study, yeah. right? Um, but don't do Bible study for the sake of Bible study. And what fascinates me that it's from Beth Moore is like she's the queen of Bible study. Right. Uh, women's ministries and now men's ministries, all sorts of ministries using Beth Moore studies over and right. over and over again. She is biblically sound, but yeah. she's saying don't be about Bible study for the sake of studying like you would study history or you would study right. English or whatever else. Well, and it's, I, I think it's a good challenge to... To not just do Bible study, but also have Bible doing, right? It's mm-hmm. not just about there is there is a certain level of hubris that I think we're in danger of finding ourselves in when I know more Bible than you, even if I wouldn't say it. Like the temptation to then feel superior because man, the Bible, Jesus, the Holy Spirit seems almost as always like intent on reminding us of our proper place that we're not king of the universe, and that's yeah. really, really that's good news. Yeah. That's good news for all of us. It really is, and I. I think what you're hearing from us as Christians and as pastors is we want to strike that balance well. Uh, the, the, mo- the move here is not, oh, I don't need to read the Bible. I just need to go for a walk every day with Jesus, and we'll talk together in this. That. No, no, he gave us his word. Hmm. Uh, people are like, oh, I, I want to hear what God has for me. He's given you his Bible. Yeah. Uh, he's given you his word. It's living and active. It's not a history book. We must be men and women of the word, okay? But also... That, that then needs to spur things in us, life change and transformation. Right. We need to pray over the Bible. We need to use it as a mirror to evaluate our lives. The Bible's got to be living and active and working in our lives. That's good. I absolutely agree. Good. It's good that two pastors are, are Bible people, <laughs> are Bible people. Hopefully, as you get to know us, you'll get to know better that, that we hold Scripture uh, very highly and want that to be a big part of our show. Well, we're off and running here on this Wednesday afternoon. Again, happy Wednesday. Uh, And again, this is The Common Good. Uh, We would love to interact with you. So if you want to talk more about anything as we talk about uh, Beth Moore or some other things coming along the way, we're 312-660-2594. And on Facebook, The Common Good Radio Show. That is The Common Good Radio Show. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. We're going to talk about Uh, Bible reading. We're going to talk about spiritual disciplines. We want to help equip one another and the church to know Jesus deeply. Uh, So join us as we come back on The Common Good, uh, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. This is The Common Good with Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. AM 1160. Welcome back to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. My name is Brian Fromm, joined again by my co-host, Ian Simpkins. Uh, I'm the lead pastor at Four Corners Community Church in uh, Darien, Illinois. Uh, Ian is on staff as the campus pastor uh, at the Yellow Box 
CCC of Naperville. Uh, we're excited to be together. Ian, one of my favorite things is the music they bring us in and out of. <laughs> like you and I never know what's coming, and Josh behind the glass, he never never disappoints us. Well, I, I only know that song in the context of Tupac, too. So, like, I was not. <laughs> I don't think I was, that's what this is. I wasn't prepared for the original. <laughs> uh, whichever you want it to be, it could be. Well, again, uh, this is the common good. This is our first week. Uh, day three. And as it is, uh, we want to lay the groundwork and have you interacting with us. Um, so even as right now, we're talking about what is the Bible and what role does the Bible play in our lives? And we were talking about Beth Moore's tweet before we went to break. Uh, we would love to hear from you. And so our phone number here is 312-660-2594. That's 312-660-2594. And on Facebook, uh, we want to create kind of a common good army, right? On Facebook. Uh, army no the the common good radio show that is on facebook the common good radio show we would love to be able to interact with you so before the break we're talking about beth moore's tweet so why don't you read the tweet again and uh give us some more thoughts ian oh i was not prepared for that particular setup here we go the tweet from beth moore spending time with god and spending time with the bible are not the same thing the bible is the word of god crucial to knowing him, but it's not God. We can study our Bibles till the second coming and leave God completely out of it. We can grow in facts and never grow a wit in faith. And she later talks about her experience with certain people that were really, really well-versed in the Bible and seemed to just be like increasingly curmudgeonly and bitter and angry and divisive. And she's like, I think that sometimes is the fruit of simply learning words of a, of a book, a living, breathing book. Yeah but not actually like partnering with the creator of the universe and doing that. I think that's a really important distinction that she makes, but Absolutely. it also, she caught a lot of fire for it too. Clearly, if she's feeling the need to keep tweeting about it and <laughs> go right. back. Uh, and that's part of that is just the world of Twitter, right? That's true. Like Twitter is like, I'm going to come at you and, and assume the worst about everything you've said. That's, right. Uh, you know, that's what it means to be on Twitter, I think, on some level. But it also highlights the value, rightfully so, that Christians hold the Bible to have. Yeah. Uh, it is living and active. It is foundational. Uh, we've got to be just eating it up. And and I've always thought, I don't know about you, for my own life, like it is a huge red flag in my life. Uh, it is a huge blinking light in my life when I lose my desire to read the word. Hmm. Uh, not not that every moment of the day I want to be reading, but even like that time where you normally read in the morning or something and you're just like, ah. Oh. Oh, yeah, I better read my Bible. Oh, yeah, right. better do this. And that is a huge red flag because that is our way of hearing from God. That is a primary way of hearing from him. Uh, and so when that gets to me, when I, when I get to that point, I often just have to get on my knees and, like, forgive me, Lord. Give me, yeah. Lord, will you give me the desire to read your word? And recognizing that even that's an act of grace, yes. right? Like, I think, I think we've, we've, I mean, we've both experienced that, obviously. And sometimes people are surprised that, pastors have felt that way absolutely sometimes it's not even just a desire to not read it but for me uh if i'm being really honest it's it's a desire to use it in a sermon a desire to use it for yes. teaching and that really at its core is exploitation right yes. that's not that that's just as much of a miss in my mind as not wanting to read it like oh god help, help me to read a verse that'll really yeah. bring this sermon home <laughs> yes. yeah right that's that's also a misuse and i think you know to your point there are times that i'd like don't want to eat my vegetables or yeah. don't want to. I, I have to recognize, and I think there's a great humanity in saying, man, sometimes I, it's hard. There's, there's truths that I don't want to read, or I just, you know, I guess choked up by all the demands of my schedule. And I think be honest about that too. Like, yes. God's not surprised by that. It's been a long time. Yes. Like, it's okay to say, 
And I got to be honest, God, my, my heart is uh, is on low flame right now. Help, help me, help me to read this with fresh eyes. Help me to yes. experience your word. Maybe I've only been studying it, but help me to actually experience. Those are bold prayers, and I, I remember praying that as a kid in high school. God, would you convict me with your word? I wish I'd never prayed that Careful prayer. Pray. <laughs> man, oh man, yes. I really wish I. I don't know why I did it, but it was like, man, God came. Through. Like I started reading things in a different light, and rather than reading them, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to say this to somebody else. I was yes. like, no, that's that's you, and that thing's going on. In your heart, pay attention to this right there. You know what I mean? You brought up two things there. One is people often ask, what's the hardest or what's one of the bigger struggles of being a pastor? Hmm. And really, I think you hit on something there, especially those of us who, who teach or preach on a regular basis. It's view, it's, the Bible becomes not the word of God. It becomes the textbook. Oh, yeah. Gosh. And like you can begin to say, well, I'm in the Bible all week. Like right. I'm prepping. Right. I'm, I'm doing this. But sometimes it can become so dry yep. because you're viewing it like you viewed your history textbook in high school. Uh, or the bio textbook in college, right? Totally. And it's just like, all right, I have to open my Bible so that I can sermon prep. And yeah. it, as a pastor, it can become really easy to lose the, I want to open my Bible to hear from my Heavenly Father. Right. It's instead, all right, I got to open my Bible. What am I preaching this week? Right, right. And really at its worst, what am I preaching so that I can impress my congregation, yeah, right? Like that, that gets even uglier. And I think, you know, I had a Bible professor that used to say, we need to remember that the Bible was written for us, but was not written to us. Yep. So often, I, I'll just say it myself, I won't include you, I, <laughs> I read the Bible through a modern, Western, post-Enlightenment eye, and the Bible was not written to that audience. And So it's always this humility of like, what am I missing? What am I not, yes. how am I not reading this in the way that like the first century church would? How, what, what themes or ideas or nuances? Like it's, you know, it's written, I mean, it's 66 books written by 40 authors over a period of a thousand years in three different languages on three different continents. Like that's a, it's not instruction manual. Right. It's not an owner. Have you ever like read a, like an owner's manual and been brought to tears and repentance? <laughs> like, no, like I just think that's such an unhelpful categorization and i wonder if we keep talking about the bible as a textbook or an owner's manual can we really be surprised when our communities are like well then i'm not interested in that i'm not carving out time to read the instructions on how to put together a bunk bed like, that doesn't move me i can't i'm not engaging with that also why do we you know why would we call it that ironically i put together a bunk bed with my wife last week not a bunk really? bed more of a, a loft bed that's all my daughter <laughs> wanted for christmas and we got her a loft bed and uh Everything was put together with like those little wooden pegs, oh, you know, gosh. and it's up. She has yet to fall. It's you been did. up for a month. So <laughs> we're all so proud of you. It's yet to collapse. But uh, what you were saying reminds me of one more thing. Eugene Peterson, right? That I love the title of his book, uh, The Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Oh, that's so good. When it comes to spiritual disciplines, primarily the Bible, don't wait until you are like compelled to read. Hmm. That much of our Christian life is just a long obedience in the same direction that it's going to bear fruit in my life when I read tomorrow whether I want to or not. Yep. And the next day. That's right. And the next day, God's going to use that, and it's going to birth in me uh, a love for Scripture. So that's what we want you to hear today, folks, is uh, love the Bible, read the Bible, uh, use the Bible, be men and women of Scripture, uh, and then you know you're on a good path with your faith. Well, again, this is The Common Good. Along with Ian Simpkins, I'm Brian Fromm here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to call uh, 312-660-2594, 312-660-2594, or on Facebook. You can find us at The Common Good Radio Show. That's The Common Good Radio Show. We hope you join us. Come join us when we come back. We're going to talk to Pastor Keith Gordon 
about the Explore God initiative, those billboards you see everybody, everywhere. We're both really excited about it. Yep. We're excited to talk to Pastor Gordon about the Explore God initiative. This is the Common Good Radio on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. This is The Common Good with Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. AM 1160. Join attorney John Malk of Lawyers for Jesus for a special episode tonight at 6.30 p.m. and Saturday at 3 p.m. on AM 1160. He will be interviewing Chicago Bears Vice President Pat McCaskey about faith, football, and the fight for life. Be sure to tune in to Lawyers for Jesus tonight at 6.30 p.m. and Saturday at 3 p.m. on AM 1160. And if you missed the live broadcast, you can visit MalkBaker.com to hear the podcast. AM 1160. Welcome back to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. My name is Brian Fromm, uh, joined again each and every day by Ian Simpkins. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about the tweet from Beth Moore, and more of it, Ian, we were trying to talk about the value of Scripture. It's not just to be read but um, for information, but but for transformation. And one of Ian and I's uh, dreams here as we've started this show is to have some caller feedback and some interaction. And Ian, we've got our first caller, man. We did it. We've got our first caller, so we're super (laughs) excited. Uh, We'd love to hear. This is Marianne. Marianne, welcome to the show. You're our first ever caller on The Common Good. Thank you so much. I love your show. Oh, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. No, I just, um, I heard what you're saying about Beth Moore, and I completely agree, and I think I understand what she's saying, and that is that reading the Bible alone is definitely not necessarily spending time with God, but we can definitely have an amazing time with God in his presence and hearing from him if our hearts are open right. to him while reading the Bible. So it, the Holy Spirit needs to be invited in to that process. And, um, and there are many ways that I've experienced spending time with God, whether it's sitting alone, listening to him, praying, listening to worship music, but definitely reading the Bible and opening our hearts we can have the experience of hearing from him and, and spending time with him. So I think that's, I think that's well said. That's well said. Let me ask you this then. Why, why do you think the people on Twitter are freaking out so much then? Why, <laughs> why are people opposing what she said so aggressively? Well, because I think she needed to clarify it, that reading the Bible definitely can be a way of spending time with God and should be a way of spending time with God. But I think... I'm guessing that what she's saying is that just simply opening the Bible and reading the words without opening your heart at the same time Mm -hmm. and inviting God to speak to you is not going to be the same experiences as you get when you um, are open to him and hearing from him. That's good. Well, Marion, thank you so much for joining us. You are you will always be known as the first caller to the common good. So number one. Please don't be a stranger, and uh, we would love to have you join us again. Man, that was fun. We got a, a caller. You and I, we should do that more often. You and I used to always say, will anyone ever call? So speaking of callers, uh, we are going to shift gears a little bit here. Ian and I's churches, both of our churches, are taking part in an initiative going across the Chicagoland 
called Explore God Chicago. You've probably seen the billboards or signs or all sorts of stuff. And we are going to be joined right now by Pastor Keith Gordon. Uh, Pastor Gordon is the lead pastor and the church planter of Love of Christ Church in the Southside neighborhood of Bronzeville. And uh, he has a, a role in Explore God Chicago. So Pastor Gordon, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. We're so excited over here, too. Amen. 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 <laughs> uh, well, why don't you tell our listeners, now obviously Ian and I both know about Explore God because our churches are excited to get started this week, yep. but why don't you talk about the background of Explore God? What is it, and what is it that excites you about Explore God Chicago? Yeah. Brian, Ian, thank you for having us, and, and, and we're so excited with love of Christ, and we know exactly how important it is to this ministry, to the city, to the Illinois community, across the country. What we've come to realize, Explore God Chicago is one of the great community initiatives that is an evangelism outreach led by a community of local pastors, businessmen, and ministry leaders, where the ultimate entity is we want to see people come to know Christ and Ooh. make Christ known. Love it. How exciting is that, right? Absolutely. Great. And we realize that people need faith, they need purpose, and ultimately, they need to know who God is for themselves and make know Him personally. Absolutely. And that's why we're excited about it. So many people, guys, have invested money, time, energy, sacrifice. And imagine churches and ministries, schools and businessmen across the country and across this great state of Illinois have made the decision, let's bind together and let's go across denominations and let's be unified and share in sharing Christ in the most easy-to-understand way possible. And I, I think you hit the, the nail on the head with that word unify, right? I think that, in my opinion, sends a stronger message to our city than almost any anything else we can do. See, seeing the church cross-denominationally, linking arms, saying, hey, we, we recognize that life is complex, people are hurting, people are asking these questions, these seven big questions that we're all exploring through this, this series. I think, honestly, I, I've talked to a number of people who don't consider themselves Christ followers, they don't attend a church, but they're seeing the billboards, and they've asked me what what it's about, and when I give them just a little snippet, they're like, "Wow, that that's the kind of church I could be a part of." Mm-hmm. Like that, you guys are linking arms to say, "We we want to be for the city. We want to be for the people that are asking these types of questions. Meet people where they're at, and help engage these these questions that, if we're honest, that like a lot of us have really wrestled with." So how how do people get involved or engage with it? It's you know we're kicking it off this weekend. What are some ways that they can get involved or find out more uh, as we get ready to launch here? Yeah, we're excited about it because we know that Explore God Chicago is is so pinpoint the same. So what we would do, we would ask people to go to www.exploregod.com Chicago. Again, www.exploregod.com Chicago. And it helps them to get right to the, the same place where they need to find out where it is and they'll find Christ and find out where the groups are and what churches are hosting them. You're going to see signs, billboards, as you've already mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So we're on fire for it. It's a great place to be and it's a great time for such a time as this. To give God some glory. Absolutely. You've got me ready to go. Hey, uh, <laughs> I know. There you go. Let's go <laughs> to church. Go. There you go. Uh, why don't you tell us what are some of the questions uh, that we're all going to be preaching through and discussing so that maybe people, as they hear them, will go, yeah, I've got friends, I've got family, I've got neighbors that I want to hear those questions who are asking those same questions. What are some of the questions we're going to be exploring? Well, there's been some research done by pastors, theologians, and scholars, and they've come to realize doing that apologetic moment moment of asking those questions where people are really hit to the heart and it begins to make people come up these questions may be 
does life have a purpose? In other mm-hmm. words, what is the aim and goal, and what is my mission in life? Yeah, Number good. two, is there a God, the creator? Is there such things as intelligent design? The third question might be, why does God allow pain and suffering? People now are experiencing trials and tribulations, loss and sickness, and even death. The, the fourth question comes about is, is Christianity too narrow? In other words, why is trusting Jesus the only way? Why mm. is Jesus the way, the truth, and life? The fifth one may be, is Jesus really God? Mm-hmm. That means, why is Jesus the Son of God or the deified one? And number six, we, I love this one, is God, excuse me, um, is, yeah, is the Bible reliable? Can we trust the Word of God? Mm. Is the canon of scriptures authentic? And number seven, can I know God personally? In other words, the Bible talks about that God is more of a relational God and not just a religious God. Mm. And he loves enough to send his son to die on the cross. And the power was not in his death, but it was in his resurrection. Mm. What powerful moments will that be? I love that. Okay, so so we know that this is this is a big sort of missional evangelistic, but this is meant to like, hey, invite your skeptical friend, coworker, family <laughs> member. But for the people listening that are like, I'm I'm on board with all those. Like I believe there's a God, I'm team Jesus. Like what could you just in a minute or so what are some things that we can be praying for uh, as this rolls out this weekend and for the next seven weeks? Like, just would you just cast some vision for us, not only just like at the yeah, local I, level but citywide? Like, what do we what are we hoping God does, kind of like in and through us through this effort? Yes, we're asking that God would just we're praying that God would break the hearts of those who have broken His heart, mm. and I believe sin is what separates us from. God, but only a Savior can bring us back to God. And we want them to know that God, we want people to have a heart's desire to listen. We want them to love and learn and and, and recognize that the important part of praying is that the people be inspired by truth, and then their heart will be softened when they hear the gospel being presented, and then be patient with people. Mm. Because as we're sharing with people, we all learn and grow on a different level. And the most important part we know of the race is not it, it is not given to the swift nor to the strong, mm. but to the ones that endured for the end. And if we play an indelible role in people's lives, and we walk with them, because discipleship is walking alongside of them, not in front of them, right, yeah. to help them and show them Christ and Christ alone. Oh, Pat, we've well, been listening to Pastor Keith Gordon. Pastor Gordon, uh, we are super grateful for you to come and talk not just about Explore God Chicago, uh, but about your heart for Jesus. Yeah and uh, your desire uh, to see the hurt and the hurting and the lost souls in Chicago, out in the suburbs, find Jesus. So we hope this isn't the last time we have you on. And, uh, Brian, Ian, anytime you need me, guys, I'm here for you all. Well, we, and and congratulations you, on your first caller. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> baby steps, baby, thank baby you, steps. Well, thank you for joining us, Pastor Keith uh, Gordon, and we hope to talk to you again sometime. And uh been praying for you and with Explore God Chicago. God uh, bless you both. Thank you. Uh, wow. That was enjoyable. That gets me ready for Explore God this week at our own church. I'm amped. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready to go. Well, again, friends, you're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, uh, Hope for Your Life. Uh, When we come back, Ian and I are going to talk a little bit about our excitement for Explore God Chicago at our churches, uh, and then we've got some funny stories we found on the Internet, just some lighthearted stuff. Uh, So join us when we come back here on The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. This is The Common Good with Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. AM 1160. Welcome back to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. 
my name is Brian Fromm, and I am joined by my co-host Ian Simpkins. And uh, Ian, before the break, uh, we were joined by Pastor Keith Gordon to talk about Explore God Man, Chicago. I, I love that guy. I know. He was amazing. If I wasn't a pastor, I might go to his church. Seriously, no kidding. <laughs> but uh, you and I, our churches are both doing this Explore God Chicago initiative beginning right. this week. 800 churches across the Chicagoland area. Yep. Uh, why are you guys at Community Christian doing it, and what's exciting you about it? Gosh, there's a couple of ways I could answer that. One, I mentioned it earlier, I'm excited about churches coming together. Like the idea of this ecumenical movement of unity to me is one of the single greatest issues facing the local church. I think people who are skeptical with their eyes open are are seeing some of the divisions among churches and often churches that aren't all that right. different but are still intent on, you know, slinging mud and throwing stones. I think gosh, the the picture of a whole city, 800 plus churches coming together not just to like pat each other on the back, but to say, hey, these, these are questions people are wrestling with. This is this is real. This is yes. raw, which is, I think, sometimes another criticism of the local church. Like, I don't go because what they're talking about isn't relevant. It's not anything that I'm wrestling through. They're not meeting me where I'm at. So it's it's twofold. It's the unity, uh, the local church coming together. It's also saying, okay, let's let's address these questions that like a ton of resources and research has gone into saying, yes. are people actually asking these? And I think. This first one that we're kicking off the series with is, does life have a purpose? Yes. Like, who among us hasn't asked in, in some way, shape, or form that question? We're, I don't know what you guys are doing, but we're going we're gonna to start with Ecclesiastes. Yep. And, you know, Ecclesiastes begins by saying, meaningless, meaningless, it's all meaningless, which is <laughs> like a bit of a downer to start it. Welcome but, to church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no kidding. But I think that, that that's raw, though, and I think the idea of people who maybe were burned by church or have been skeptical— that they would talk about anything honest or real are going to be, I, I think, I hope, really encouraged, really refreshed. And one of the one of the phrases that we're going to use throughout the whole series is that we're not trying to convince you, we're trying to invite you, mm. right? Less about convincing, more about inviting. Just explore with us. Just take a journey with us. No, no one, no one's going to try to like convert you by the end of the service yep. or make you sign on a dotted line. Like, would you just come with us? In a, in a community that's safe to ask questions, that's to question. wrestle, to doubt, and, and we've I, got you know, in our church, we've got. Um, a discussion group going on for people to come and engage. And all we're trying to do is to give a venue for people who have these questions to come ask them. But then also on the flip side, we are wanting to get our people inviting yeah, and, that's right. and giving them license to do so. So that's Explore God Chicago. You can find it online, one of the 800 churches. If you're somebody who is skeptical of the yeah. faith, who's just checking it out, let me encourage you uh, to, to go check it out. Uh, you welcome at Four Corners. At, in Darien, you're welcome at the Yellow Box in Naperville or any other churches. Well, and, and one other thing to note, too, there's a, a bunch of these groups that are happening all over the city that don't meet in traditional church buildings. Correct. They're going to be at coffee shops and pubs. So, like, if you're someone who thinks, I'm not ready to actually, like, walk through the doors of a church, yep. still go to the website, explore.com. Find a group somewhere. I, I guarantee this one within a couple of miles yep. of where you're at. Just join that group. It's It's a really safe, like, um, honest place to just wrestle with some of these questions with other people. It's going to be great. Be praying for that as well. Explore God Chicago beginning this week. Uh, well, Ian, the other day we kind of introduced a segment that uh, I think I called it a funny things I found on the internet. <laughs> Which is strange so, things so I found catchy, on the by internet. the way. So please go to our Facebook page, uh, The Common Good Radio Show on Facebook, and come up with a better name than <laughs> and give us a better name than Strange Things I Saw on the Internet, because that's a dangerous title. Yeah, that's really that's dangerous. dangerous but are you ready? Are you ready? This one's going to blow you away, man. I doubt it, ready? but lay it on me. Be, I, right, people could see right now you're standing. I'm telling you, you should be sitting <laughs> down right now. 
You should be sitting down. Here's the headline. Four kids break into Houston CarMax. Sure. Crash $800,000 worth of vehicles <laughs> oh in the lot. Gosh. Four underage boys broke into a Houston area CarMax lot on Sunday and found the keys to the cars, and oh they were caught gosh. on camera getting into these various cars and just ramming them into other cars. Wow. Just driving them. 20 vehicles, $800,000 in damage, a Corvette, uh, a Mustang, a Porsche Boxster, uh, and that was just a couple of them of the 20 vehicles. And I read this, the life-size game of bumper cars landed them in the juvenile detention center on felony charges wow. of criminal mischief because they're underage, their names are not given. And the, the writer of the article says, uh, people have different views on life. Some find value in money or fame, while others just want to crash nearly $1 million <laughs> of cars into each other in a parking lot. It's all about preference, you know? Wow. Isn't eight, that story awesome? $800,000. That's like a year of college, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a lot it's of two coins. years of pastor's <laughs> Yeah, That's right. <laughs> Can you imagine if, if you were the parent of one of these kids and the police knocked on your door and said, hey, we're looking for little Billy. You know, it says, all it says is they were underage. If oh I had to guess, goodness. right, somewhere between 14 and 16, right. that's going to be my guess. And they were like, hey, uh, we've got video surveillance of your <sighs> child and his friend's ramming Porsches into Mustangs Gosh. in the CarMax, CarMax lot. Uh, I, I don't know if I, I, I would be angry, but I'd be kind of proud, too. I, well, I'm not going <laughs> to, and I'm not going to tell the story now, but I, I have I love that I read that, and you've got a story. I, I've been driven home by the cops and had the had the moment where my dad opens the door and the cops are explaining something to my dad. That is called the tease, man. We'll save that, <laughs> save that for another. Why don't we get into my story that I found? Why don't we... Why don't we hard shift out of that? Go ahead. I'm not going to unpack it nearly as much because the headline speaks for itself, and I realize this isn't, like, hard-hitting news right now, but the deadline is, first it says video. Prowler spends three hours licking doorbell at California home, and apparently that's the whole story. A guy went to some random house and licked a doorbell <laughs> for three hours. So we wanted to verify this, so we actually had our, our producer, Josh, wash <laughs> all three hours to verify that he did, in fact, and um, I think that really that really scarred him for good. That but is a great I don't, story. Again, I guess kind of the common thread is uh, people have very different ideas of what's entertainment, right? Oh, like what, what to do to pass the time. So we, we want to have some laughs and, and licking doorbells and crashing <laughs> cars to the tune of almost a million dollars, I think, fits the bill. Strange things we found on the Internet today. Well, again, friends, you're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. We're done with the first hour for the day. When we come back after the top of the hour, we're going to talk about a story about a principal banning students from giving Bibles to friends during lunch. And Ian, we're going to talk a little bit about, as parents, how would we talk to our kids when the principal says, no, you can't bring a Bible, you can't give out right. Bibles. But we'd really love to hear from you, especially some of you parents. We'd love to tee you up in the line here. So especially if you're a parent, if you could call in uh, 312-660-2594, that's 312-660-2594. We would love to interact with you a little bit about this story. So when we come back, we'll tell the story, uh, and then we will interact with you on that. Again, this is The Common Good, and you can also find us on Facebook at The Common Good Radio Show. That's The Common Good Radio Show. I've been watching our, our, our numbers go up a little bit during the show, so that makes us feel good. Again, my name is Brian Fromm. I'm joined by my host, Ian Simpkins. This is The Common Good, AM 1160. Hope for your life.
1160. It's time for a conversation about the things we share in common. Our common hopes, our common fears, our common struggles. Together, we'll wrestle with the questions that we all have about the issues that affect our lives. This is The Common Good. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Brian Fromm. I'm joined alongside by my co-host, Ian Simpkins. Hour two of our hump day show, the Wednesday show. (laughs) And uh, before the break, you may remember, we talked about uh, a story that kind of blew our minds. I think two stories that blew our minds, but uh, the first one out of a Houston CarMax in which some underage boys uh, crashed $800,000 worth of vehicles. And uh, we went at it a little bit and talked about that. And we have a caller. Uh, Ann wanted to talk to us about that story. So, Ann, you're our second caller ever. Thank you for joining us. Well, uh, you're welcome. It's my first time listening to your program. We're really glad that you are. And I have to say I was extremely shocked and disappointed when you were telling the story about the young boys that were destroying um, those expensive vehicles. I I don't think it's a good message to say uh, something, joke about it, and say if it was my son, the police came to the door and said my son had done that, I'd be kind of proud because what about the poor owner of those vehicles now, his property's been damaged, whether it was cars or if it was a house or whether it was somebody's physical being. You have people have no right to come and destroy things like that and then to laugh it off and say, oh, I'd be kind of proud if that was my kid that did that, I think is totally Totally get it. We appreciate you calling. Uh, I didn't mean to be flippant about it. I would, uh, my kid would would be in big trouble if they did that. And, uh... Can I just say for the record, Ann, I'm on your side. I'm with you. I'm with you on this one. Just, just, to, just to say it out loud, I'm, I'm on your team. Well, I, I think we need to be very careful. And today, the world, uh, there's so much in entertainment, which is so extremely rude and um, anti-good, if I can put it that way, because there used to be morality, and there still is morality, but, I mean, if you turn on any station television or in something entertainment seems to be making fun of other people bringing other people down um extolling things that uh you know christ didn't and i'm not trying to be super spiritual here i'm just saying we need to be really careful what we put out there as being acceptable or being funny or um doing what's right in every person's eyes you know we we have a, a, a very strong measure, a ruler in, in the words of God, what's correct and what's not correct. And um, when you first started telling the story before you even got to, you know, kind of making fun about it, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, that poor business owner. For sure. For sure. Well, we, that came to my mind. We, we appreciate you listening and appreciate we, we do appreciate you calling. Um, yeah, we don't want to make light of that. And, uh, yeah. That was uh, that's humbling, man. That's humbling. There you go. I mean, for you, I didn't. I didn't make the comment. <laughs> Thank you for my co-host selling me out. Thank you, but and we do appreciate you listening. And we want callers. We want callers. So please keep on calling. 
uh, 312-660-2594, 312-660-2594. Or you could join us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash The Common Good Radio Show. That is The Common Good Radio Show on Facebook. So again, my name is Brian Fromm, and I am joined today by Ian Simpkins. And uh, Ian, we're going to jump into a different story here as we start the 5 o'clock hour, and it's just titled this. A principal banned students from giving Bibles to friends during lunch. Okay, the principal of a Pennsylvania high school, it says, violated the rights of students by preventing them from passing out Bibles during lunch, says an attorney for a legal group that specializes in religious liberty. So this is a religious liberty issue, if you will. Uh, In November, the students in the Bible club asked for permission to hand out Bibles to their friends in the cafeteria during non-instructional time. Jeremy Samick, senior counselor for the Independence Law Center, said, and the principal of the school told them that they could not hand out Bibles. And then the story keeps going. There's a, there's a dispute going on. Uh, I'm wondering your thoughts on that, Ian. And then I would like to turn it uh, to uh, if that was your kid, uh, how would you kind of walk them through that? But you, when you read this or you heard this, what was, what was your thought? Well, that, let me first say this is way above my pay grade. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. I like barely graduated high school. So I, just that caveat first because the, the article does later say they do have the right to distribute those kinds of materials prior to the start of school. Uh, and after school, they just can't during school hours, right. um, which, you know, I, th- there is a church and state issue here, obviously. But I, I wonder, um, like, there's outcry on both sides, and I think that that's justifiable. We've talked a little bit about how do we mm-hmm. learn to actually hear these sides of the discussion. But I, I wonder, um, you know, would would the people who are upset with this be okay with the distribution of other religious material? Does that Does that play into this? Is there um, religious freedom uh, exercised in the same categories, in the same ways, because, you know, I've had people ask me, like, what if, what if someone handed your son a Quran? Mm-hmm. And my answer would be, like, well, I, I'm, I, I'm okay with that. I would, I would talk to my son about that. I don't, I don't want my, my child to be unaware of, you know, the rest of the world. Obviously, there's a time and a place to decide when to have those conversations, you know. But, I, like, I grew up in Dearborn, Michigan. We have the largest Middle Eastern population per capita in the world outside of the Middle East. So a lot of my friends, were, you know, had various different faith backgrounds. And I loved— and my parents encouraged, like, yeah, learn about that too. That's weird, squarely team Jesus. But it, it actually helped form, for me, um, a better understanding of how to think critically about my own faith and the faith of the world and other people's spiritual journeys. And I think, I don't know, that, that actually uh, served me really well growing up. Yeah, if this were—and I've got kids in the public school right, right now, right? right? So for you, it's looking forward. Uh, we've said this multiple times, but if you're just tuning in, what you've got to— a 14-month-old and, yeah. a, and a newborn coming on the way here yep. in another month or two. So yep. you, are, uh, you are right at the start uh, of, of thinking about these things and parenting and stuff. I'm kind of in the middle of it. I have a, I have a freshman in high school, right? Uh, Downers Grove North High School, a high school that we love. And uh, I have a son who's in the fifth grade and a daughter who's in the fourth grade at Lester Elementary School in Downers Grove. We love these schools. Yeah. We love them, but we also understand that they're not Christian schools. Right. Uh, that that's not their purpose and that mm. they've got different guidelines. We try to use them, my wife and I try to use it as opportunities uh, to talk to our children. Mm. Uh, we don't want the school to parent our children. Um, so I would be, if this was my child, I would be saying, hey, I'm really proud of you for wanting to give Bibles to your friends. Sure. Let's talk about that. How else can we do that? Mm. Maybe if you want to talk to the principal, I'll go with you and we can have this conversation. Uh, let's talk to the principal. Let's um, 
figure out what's going on and help you understand it. Let's talk about bigger concepts of religious liberty. Mm. And I would want to parent my child mm. uh, through that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the beauties of the public school because it is public. And yep. So um, we would work through that. I was telling you before, like, you know, uh, we love our high school, but um, my, my daughter came home and was talking about the, um, telling us about the different clubs at the school. Mm. Uh, and there were some clubs that we would be excited about and some that we wouldn't. Mm. And the question is, what do we do? Well, we talk as a family and yeah, we that's keep good. going. And so I think there's great value in the public school and uh, it, it opens the door. This would be a great conversation starter mm. uh, within your home and it just causes you to have to parent. See, I can already tell you're going to be a way better dad than me. It's <laughs> just experience, man. <laughs> I think that was, that was really good. But the, the thing that I kept hearing you say, though, is let's talk about it. Let's talk this yeah. through. Um, and I think that's I mean, candidly, that's my hope for my kids. Now, it is it is a little easier when the oldest child you have is 14 months. Yes. Like, I have this future <laughs> idea of how, like, patient I'm going to be. And, like, well, let's talk about that. Let's, yes. let's, like, I want to be that guy, but I know that there's going to be circumstances where either what my kid does or what the school does or both yep. is going to infuriate me. How, how do you navigate some of that stuff? Like, you talk about the clubs, um, you know, retroactively or proactively like well let's let's talk about this what about something like in the moment we're like oh that i'm seeing red how do you navigate parenting when multiple entities are involved when it's not like a let's sit down and kumbaya a little bit it's like i can't i can't even think straight i'm so upset how how do you parent in those moments when you still want to be you're like i'm a pastor i'm a father but i'm also just a human and i'm upset at this thing that i'm looking at How how do you like deal with those types of things yeah, and I, I think I'm talking more the ideal than how I actually do. <laughs> like, uh, I appreciate if, that. If my wife is listening right now, I will just acknowledge <laughs> that my wife is better at talking things through Amen. Uh, with the kids than I am. Um, but I do. I, I don't mean to keep harping on the same thing, but I think having open lines of communication with your kids, uh, and you're going to be an awesome dad, man. Like to use, to use the golf metaphor, I'm like making the turn right now, and you're in the fairway on the first hole. <laughs> right? Thanks, man. Right I was now, a caddy for two weeks, so I get that reference. You're just trying to get out of diapers and buy diapers, That's and we're right. trying to navigate these things. But uh, high school and other, it's a complex deal. Yeah. Uh, and I am most proud uh, that like my freshmen in high school and my other kids feel like they can talk to us about anything. That's at least awesome. I hope I, I I feel like they do. That's awesome. Uh, and I think as long as that's the case, you don't have to be so stressed out and you could just trust that, okay, what you're doing in their life and building in is going to produce fruit. There's going to be hard parts. There's going to be, uh, they're going to disobey at times. They're going to do this, but, but it's going to produce fruit and we're just going to have open lines of communication because I think if they think that if they see us freaking out, yeah, right. They're going to be like, why, why are we freaking out? Right. So, hey, we would love to hear from all of you, especially you parents out there. How do you navigate these sorts of questions with your kids? Uh, how do you keep the lines of communication open? What are your best uh, nuggets, especially for someone like Ian, who's right at the beginning of it? So please help me. The phone line <laughs> is 312-660-2594. 312-660-2594. And uh, we would love to hear from some of you just uh, words of wisdom. How do you parent uh, your kids in a Christian way to know Jesus in a world that really isn't? Uh, So give us a call and uh, join us after the break. We would love to have that discussion with some people. Well, again, my name is Brian Fromm, uh, joined with my co-host Ian Simpkins. You are listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. 
This is The Common Good with Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. AM 1160. Welcome back to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. My name is Brian Fromm along with Ian Simpkins. Uh, and this song is junior high and high school for me right here, <laughs> right now. You dance every time it comes I on. Do. It's ridiculous. I do. I, and I know you are in your cars right now or at home. Um, before the break, we talked about uh, we talked about this story about a principal banning students from giving Bibles to their friends at lunch in the public school. And we, we used it as a, as a way to jump off and just talk about parenting, navigating, raising your kids as Christians whether it be in schools or just in general culture that is not Christian. And so we would love to hear from you. Uh, the phone number here is 312-660-2594. That's 312-660-2594. Or you can interact with us on Facebook at The Common Good Radio Show. That is The Common Good Radio Show on Facebook. And I, uh, we're almost to a hundred likes on Facebook. We started <laughs> oh, today much less than that. So that makes me feel good. So who's going to be number hundred? <laughs> who's going to do it for us? Well, Ian, as I said, before the break, what we talked about, uh, was this story, uh, but also beyond that, uh, how do we, and you and I are in very different places parenting wise, yeah. but how do we raise our children uh, to love Jesus, know Jesus, but also not to live in a bubble. Yeah. To realize they're going to need to interact with culture and the world, whether it be in the public school, whether it be in college, whether it be on the park district field, whether it be in the neighborhood, just on the jungle gym, wherever it might be. And so you've been a youth pastor. I've been a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got young kids. I've got older kids. Uh, what are some things that are coming to mind for you as this discussion kind of ruminates in you? There there was a quote I heard from Andy Stanley well before I was even married that like just always st- stuck with me. He said, uh, I can't make my kids fall in love with Jesus, but I can keep setting up the dates. Oh, like, as a dad, really as a pastor, good. he's like, I can't force you to love Jesus, yeah. to, to choose, to choose this particular path, but I'm going to make it as easy as possible. I'm going to keep setting up dates. I'm going to keep setting up opportunities for you to encounter, not just the idea of Jesus, but Jesus himself, that, that to not so just good. know a lot about God in the Bible, but to actually experience together. And man, I, like, I get emotional thinking about that now, even just with a little baby at home, and uh, I guess a toddler now. Yeah. <laughs> I keep calling yeah. him a little baby, but I think, you know, the the last discussion about high school and all the complexities there, that freaks me out plenty already. But the thing that kind of fascinates me slash drives me a little crazy right now is this idea of internet shaming and mm. how, how much, uh, what a tidal wave of information, some of it good, but some of it, like, borderline malicious and belligerent about yeah. you're a terrible parent if you're doing this or you're crazy what an awful person and like we you know we've been in ministry for a little while so i feel like in some ways you develop some thick skin you, you just sort of have to i yeah. get like really worked up really protective though when when i if someone like comes after my wife Ooh. who's like who's who i i know is is working the very best she can she like loves our family she does things i'll never even know about like she's yes. pouring her life out for this kid and to see someone on facebook be like i can't believe you're still using that bottle <laughs> or like laying yeah. him on his side whatever it is you know it's like it's a hard it's a hard time i think to to be trying to figure it out and each side, you know, we've talked about before, each side seems just as convinced of their perspective. And it's not just, have you consider this? It's, do this or you're terrible. Exactly. <laughs> and that's really, exactly. that's, that can be stressful as a new parent. And I wanted to tell people, again, I'm a little further along, but it was been 
It's always been that way that people, I want to tell people you're not the first person to parent. Yeah, right. Like your job and my job is to um, make sure my kid is healthy and growing, but also to train them up. And every family's different. And so, yes, give people advice, but but don't shame them. But what I want to encourage you with, man, is uh, what you do in your kids at this age yeah. is going to bear fruit when they're That's older. That's right. Like it's not like you're kind of like not really parenting until they're at X age. What you do now, yeah. uh, when your kids know in you know age 14 months, age three, age five, when they can identify, no, my dad loves me mm. and cares for me and he's going to be there for me and mm. my mom loves me more than anything and she's going to be there for me, that, that's a tough thing to teach them later. But if yeah. they've got that built into them now, it's always been my goal that no matter what, my children will know mm. that, her, that their mom and I love them. Yeah. And that we're on their side. We are for them, whether we're mad at them or disciplining them or cheering them on, that we're going to be there for them. Right. And you start that now by sitting on the couch and watching the Wiggles, right? (laughs) Your boy's going to go, my dad likes spending time with me. Yep. And then, you know, when he's a little older and you throw a baseball with them and then a little older and you go to the play or the musical or whatever and you just keep going and and the kid just knows, all right. Dad loves me. Dad's going to show up for me because he will get the age where you're not the cool dad. Anymore, That's right. But, <laughs> I don't think I'm the cool dad right now. That so, ship has already sailed. I think the, the parenting. Uh, what's the old, uh, parenting's not difficult. It's just hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's day after day. Just love your kids. And let me give you one more piece of advice. You yeah. ready for it? Please do. Well, I'm like the parenting expert for you right now. <laughs> this is very therapeutic. One of the best things you can tell your kids is tell them you're sorry when you mess up. Mm. If if mom and dad say I'm sorry. Yeah. Right then that builds so much like not mom and dad are always right or whatever they say is always right. But Hey, I'm sorry. I blew up at you, but yeah. here's why I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well now later when I really do go at them, they're going to be like, all right, well they must really mean it. That's so, really good. Um, parenting's fun though. Well, I feel like even, and I, again, I realize I'm like brand new at this. So it's, everything I say about parenting is going to sound ridiculous. That Again, that's the caveat, but I feel like already I have so much more appreciation for my parents and like the ways they love me that I didn't even realize at the time and the things that drove me crazy as a kid, I'm now seeing with fresh perspective. And I think mentorship's the same way. I think leadership's the same way. Like I don't, I know, I never understood why that boss said that or that pastor did this or, you know, as you get older or you, you end up in some of those positions. I have so much more understanding like, man, I don't think I fully understand just how much my parents love me. And it is so, I'm so grateful for the chance, not just to, to be a parent, but to realize now as an adult how much my parents yep. loved me and like to, to enter into that with them feels like a really cool journey where it's like, man, you did the best you could and I'm doing the best that I can with mine and, and uh, we're, we're, we're trying the best that we all can. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick phone call here and it is from one of my best friends in the world, man. It is from the guy that I like to think of as my mentor. He was my first boss at Glen Ellen Bible Church, Kelly Brady. Kel, what is going on, man? This is fun. I, I <laughs> Oh, Kel. I'm a long-time listener. First-time <laughs> days and days of listening. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, is awesome. You guys are doing great. Thanks, I love bud. it. I love the format. It's going well. Can you just call in every day for this ego boost? This is great. <laughs> I I am y'all's cheerleader. Oh. So. Hey, Kelly, what I always tell people is you've always been my cheerleader, man. I'm thankful. I, Ian, I've told Kelly he's one of our first guest hosts. That's true. He can't be here, so. He has said um, that. Yeah, so, Kelly. Yeah, I was thinking about. Go ahead. I was about the parenting issue, so I thought I'd call in. I'll never forget. You know my kids, Brian. I do. Uh, 
I'll never forget the first time I had to tell Andrew. He was in eighth grade at the time. He's, uh, I'm on my way to pick him up. He's 22 right now. <laughs> I'm on the way to, uh, to Midway Airport to pick him up. But first time I had to tell him, Andrew, if you don't love Jesus, I will still love you. Oh, that's so good. That's really good. He was, he was 13 years old at that time. Man. So, you know, as a pastor, that's, uh, that's a crossroads. That's so good, though. Thank oh, you for sharing that. That is really good. Well, Kel, thanks. Drive safely. Hopefully you're hands-free right now. <laughs> thanks, bud. No, Appreciate it. Bye. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. You, I'll talk about Kelly more often in the future, man. He's, he, he is, uh, no one's had a bigger effect on my ministry than Kelly. That's so awesome. Well, I'm grateful fun to have him, him on. Fun to have him calling. And I know I saw you guys linked up on Twitter, too. Like, he was like, hey, yeah. So Yeah, we're uh, best friends now. Man. <laughs> Step aside. He's my mentor. Fun to have him here. Ian, I'm excited over the, over the months and years. We're going to talk a lot about parenting. Hopefully yeah. this show goes for a long time where we can watch our kids grow up and have these conversations. Because uh, parenting, um, we get to show the love of our Heavenly Father to our kids. Yep. And we get to do that. And that is, uh, that's going to be awesome. Uh, well, again, friends, you're listening to The Common Good here on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Uh, when we come back, we are going to talk to Jim Campbell specifically about uh, that Baker court case uh, out in Colorado and some of the developments. And we're going to unpack that a little bit. So this is uh, The Common Good on AM 1160. Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins. Join us when we come back. This is The Common Good with Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins on AM 1160. Hope for your life. AM 1160. Chance at a free in touch 2019 calendar visit 1160hope.com slash contest today and coming up after the break we'll be joined by jim campbell uh to talk a little bit about the colorado baker case but first let's check the afternoon commute am 1160 Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Brian Fromm, joined by my co-host Ian Simpkins. We're excited that you're with us. Again, you could reach us at area code 312-660-2594 or on Facebook at The Common Good Radio Show. That is The Common Good Radio Show. A lot of you are aware uh, over the last couple years um, of the court case of the Masterpiece Cake Shop versus the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. Uh, a cake artist by the name of Jack Phillips. This has been going on since, I don't know, about 2014. And uh, we are pleased to be joined today by Jim Campbell. Jim Campbell serves as senior counsel with the Alliance Defending Freedom, and he is involved in this case. So, Jim, uh, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today. My pleasure. My, uh, as we said, there's been some movement in this case, and there's nobody better than you to tell us a little bit about what's going on. So, uh, if you could catch us kind of to the uh, up-to-the-date uh, happenings uh, of this case and what's been going on. Sure. So uh, just 24 days after Jack Phillips won his case before the U.S. Supreme Court this past summer, the state of Colorado made it clear that it was going to try to come after him again and try to prosecute him and punish him one more time. Um, now, to understand what they're coming after him for this time, we have to go back to the summer of 2017, the very day that the Supreme Court announced it was going to hear Jack's case. Um, there was a, an activist attorney in Denver that picked up the phone, called Masterpiece Cake Shop, and asked for a custom cake with a pink inside and a blue outside to reflect and celebrate a gender transition. 
mm. uh, because uh, Jack Phillips does serve everyone, but he won't create cakes expressing all messages or celebrating all events. They politely declined that request, um, but indicated to the customer they'd be glad to make different cakes or sell them other things in the shop, but just couldn't make that cake with that message. Uh, nevertheless, this individual went to the state, filed a complaint against Jack. The the state sat on it for over a year, and then, as I said, 24 days after Jack won his case at the U.S. Supreme Court, the state made it clear that it was now going to punish him for declining to create this gender transition cake. Wow. So so can you talk to me a little bit about those uh, who may feel like, okay, so is this an issue of separation of church and state? Um, how how Can you, just for anyone listening that's curious about the details and the mechanics of how, how that conclusion was landed, like how do we how do we talk intelligently about that? Yeah, I mean, essentially, what this case is about is the fact that everyone, uh, not only people of faith, but everyone, should be free to decline to create custom items that express messages or celebrate events in conflict with their faith. It's a core uh, First Amendment free speech right. Um, whether you're speaking words or whether you're creating art the way that a cake artist like Jack does, you shouldn't be forced to create something custom that expresses something or celebrates something uh, that you don't agree with. Um, and so that's really what this case is about. That's why we've gone. So so instead of sitting back and allowing the state of Colorado to come after Jack Phillips again, we've gone into federal court and we've asked the federal court to put a stop to this. Uh, and to to affirm, hopefully once and for all, that Jack Phillips should be left alone to operate his business consistent with what he believes. Yeah, you know, as I've been reading this, I forgot how many years this has been going on. And uh, so I read back, it goes all the way back to 2012 and then 2014 and then just keeps going. I'm wondering on a personal side, how is Jack Phillips doing with all of this? What is What is his state of mind as it keeps going back through the courts over and over and over again? So Jack was was looking forward to, once he got his big win at the Supreme Court, to getting back to the life he knew, um, the life of serving his community uh, through his gifts and talents as a cake artist, uh, making custom items that celebrate some of life's, life's most important events. Uh, unfortunately, the state of Colorado won't let him do that. So, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's wearing on Jack. Uh, it's taxing to have, uh, at this point, six and a half years of his life. Um, wow interfered with by the state of Colorado, and, and that's why we went into federal court to hopefully put a, put a quick end to this so that Jack can get back to doing what he, do, what he does best, and that is serving his community through his K-Cart. Okay, so Jim, one of the, one of the things uh, that's central to kind of the ethos of this show, the common good, is for us to engage with people who uh, have differences of opinions, who come from different walks of life, who maybe are on even opposing sides of an argument or discussion. Can you give us maybe just some talking points or some ideas or advice or even resources for like, okay, let's say I'm listening and I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a baker. I don't live in Colorado, but how, how do I think intelligently? How do I think critically about the details of the story and how does that affect uh, my life just as a, as a person, maybe a person of faith or a person that's exploring faith? Can you just talk us through a little bit to, to just the average person listening that's wondering how, how does this affect me and how can I think through this in a way that's uh, thoughtful and intelligent? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, one of the things we try to emphasize to, to people when they're first starting to think about these issues is is the fact that you know the freedom that we're fighting for is for everyone. Mm. And so just like Jack shouldn't be forced to create a cake that celebrates a view of marriage that conflicts with his faith or an understanding of human sexuality that conflicts with his faith, um, 
a lesbian graphic design artist shouldn't be forced to create a flyer for a white supremacist group or some other organization that I'm sorry, uh, for, for either something like that or a group that opposes same sex marriage, just something that they disagree with at their core, just like, you know, uh, an African American, uh, artist of some sort shouldn't be forced to, to celebrate, uh, something that supports white supremacy, or we can come up with many different yep. examples like this, but that's what this freedom is all about. No one should be forced to do things that conflict with what they believe at their core, whether those core convictions are political in nature, environmental in nature, religious in nature. All of us have this freedom guaranteed to us by the free speech clause in the First Amendment. And so I think that's important to keep in mind is that a lot of times people want to hear about Jack Phillips's case and they want to say, well, why should religious people get special rights? And there's certainly one of the answers to that is, well, because the Constitution does protect religious freedom. But the, the specific rights that we're arguing for uh, don't just include religious freedom. They also include this right of conscience to make sure that we're not forced to express messages or celebrate events that violate what we believe to be true. And, and I'm just interested as we get ready to close this up. Um, are we seeing are you seeing uh, an increase in these types of lawsuits? Are these lawsuits of people? Uh, suing because somebody won't make a cake or or make a brochure, like you said, or whatever. Are these on the rise nationwide? Um, it's a, there are certainly a number of them, and coast okay. to coast, no matter where you look, there are a half dozen to a dozen of them right now working their way through the court system. So I'm not sure if they're on the rise, but there's there are a lot of them. And one thing I do know, if your name is Jack Phillips, <laughs> then these these kinds of lawsuits are on the rise. <laughs> unfortunately that does appear to be true. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. This has been very helpful to help us understand this some more. Um, You can be, uh, we can get more information at adflegal.org. That's adflegal.org. Jim Campbell, uh, the senior counsel with the Alliance Defending Freedom. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jim. My pleasure. That's always interesting. You hear about Ian, all these things in in the news and you hear about, Uh, the different religious freedom things. And we're going to come back when we come back and kind of unpack this a little bit more because there's so much there. That's right. So much there that I didn't understand or really think about. Uh, Again, you're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. When we come back uh, in our last segment, we're going to react to what Jim Campbell talked about there and then put a bow on today's show. So again, you're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. This is The Common Good with Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. AM 1160. Welcome back to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. My name is Brian Fromm, joined again by Ian Simpkins. Uh, Ian, last segment, it's our first Wednesday. Are we going to keep having this? Like, remember when you start dating and there's all these firsts? <laughs> Do we have to keep track of all Yesterday these was our first you, Tuesday. We today we gifts now. Today we had our first caller, and uh, we could keep going with all of our firsts. Uh, but now we're about to close out our first Wednesday show here on AM 1160, The Common Good. Uh, one more time, if you want to follow us on Facebook, we want to continue having the conversation there. So you can find us on Facebook.com at The Common Good Radio Show. That is The Common Good Radio Show. Uh, and we're always open to callers at 
9-4. Our goal is as this show continues to grow and continues to, we continue getting hang of this to have more and more interaction with people, whether they agree with us or disagree with Absolutely. us. Absolutely, 100%. Um, so we would love to continue talking to people. Well, before the break, we talked um, to Jim Campbell. He was a senior counsel with the Alliance Defending Freedom, and he is specifically uh, helping defend and work with Jack Phillips. Jack Phillips is the baker in the middle of the Masterpiece Cake Shop um, lawsuit that's been going ever since 2012. Uh, and just want to react, but then we want to spin this forward a little bit. I thought what was most interesting for me with Jim was uh, this isn't a the world against Christians. Uh, no, they're concerned most about religious liberty and freedom, constitutional freedom across the board. So he even said, like, you know, we would never make a lesbian couple uh, do work for people who are vehemently against same-sex marriage. Mm. Or um, he used the example of an African-American and a white supremacist. Like, he's trying to produce, he's trying to protect freedom uh, and this kind of choice across the board, which I found very interesting. Yeah, I, I do just got to say, I think we got to be careful what parallels we draw correct between uh you know a gay couple that is wanting to commit to each other versus the the like objectively destructive nature of white supremacy or white nationalism like that mm-hmm. some sometimes i feel like i i can get the the general concept but if we you can sometimes draw linkages that maybe uh, at its core aren't as helpful as we intend them to be you know i just i think it's important for us to be careful in in how we uh use comparisons sure. in that way that's fair that's fair uh how i wanted to end this and, and kind of spin this forward is this um when it's when i see people talking about like this case uh or posting on it on facebook or something and to be blunt a lot of people whether it be in my church or in my circle uh who are christians and have been christians for a while like to use these types of things as mantras for like it's the world against christians yeah right and so let's get in our bubble <laughs> we're gonna attack back but then we're going to retreat it just into a bubble. Yeah. Uh, and I've always felt and increasingly feel that that's really dangerous. Yeah. That that's really dangerous and not the calling of Jesus in our lives. Right. Do you kind of see that? And, and what is what is the message to that? Yeah, I, I see it, but I don't know that I see as much of it as sometimes it feels like, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, you know, we're in January now, but I don't know that there's like really a war on Christmas or, you know, like I, I've never, I've never seen anyone like beat to the ground for saying Christmas instead of holidays. You know, sometimes, sometimes there, there can be this, um, this sort of mob mentality, this group think like, Oh yeah, we, this, we do need to hunker down. And I think sometimes, obviously there are things that Christians need to say, Nope, digging my heels in on this one. Uh, This is important. I'm convicted by this. I believe that scripture speaks to it. I feel like the Holy spirit is empowering my conviction and opinion. But I also think when I look at the life of Jesus, for me, it always it, it has to come back to Jesus. Right. Whenever I'm fuzzy on how do I, okay, so how do I live in this tension or this situation, or how do I engage? For me, it, it has to come back first to Jesus. Okay, how did He respond? And then, you know, as we've mentioned, there there certainly have been times where Jesus is flipping tables and he's yep. and he's cracking whips. But that was because the poor and marginalized were being oppressed, were being yep. taken advantage of. So I always want to make sure. Am, not to just never be outraged, but am I being outraged by the right things? Mm-hmm. You know, like I think sometimes in my life I've needed to repent for always getting angry. Yeah. But there have also been times in my life where I need to repent for not getting angry. There you go. For like a thing that I should be upset about that because I'm in my bubble or I'm not, you know, I think that there's – that's an important work to do uh, both as individuals and as a community of people to make sure that, okay, is my heart actually breaking for the things that break God's heart and how do I, how do I choose those spots well, you yep. know? And it makes me think about Jesus's prayer. What is it in John 17? He's about to 
go to the cross and Jesus spends time praying this long prayer for his disciples and his yeah, future right. followers, right, for us. And, and Jesus prays for some amazing things. He prays for unity, yep. that Christians would be unified. And, and we have to ask ourselves, is that the picture of the church right now that we see? Uh, is that prayer, like, is, is that resonating? Is there unity? But then he also prays um, basically that his followers would not be of the world. Yeah. So there would be this separateness, but that they would see that their calling is to go into the world. Right. Lights in darkness, not to retreat and bubble and hermit and say, I'm just waiting for heaven. But to say, no, 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 we are to be different, but then we're to go into the world with the gospel, blessing people, sharing this good news, Hmm. uh, and being lights in darkness, or being unifiers where there's division, or being people who are holding up the marginalized where others are beating down, that that we're to show a difference and live out the gospel. Uh, And and that's the prayer of our Lord in John 17, right before he goes to the cross. That's his desire for us, that we would be not of the world, but that we would certainly be in the world. And, and that people would see God through us as we go. Well, it makes me think of, uh, I think it's in Acts chapter 4, uh, Peter and John appear before the Sanhedrin, and they essentially are saying, hey, you, you got to stop preaching that name. You, mm-hmm. you just got to stop doing it. And they said, um, no, we're going we're to obey God rather than man. They threw him in prison. They released them. They go back to their community. And the first things they pray for are boldness, boldness. and that. signs and wonders. And I don't know about you, if I just got out of prison, I'm not, I'm not praying for boldness. I'm praying for maybe wisdom, <laughs> for protection, for yes. safety. They, they still reek of prison, and their prayer is, God, give us continued boldness for signs and wonders, not for our own glory, but so that people may see the way that we love and serve people yes. and, and that, have that point, point to you. And I think that's, that's difficult to understand because I, I think sometimes we use the word submit and obey interchangeably when it comes to authority. Yeah. To submit to authority versus obey authority. Like I think of Martin Luther King Jr. who, you know, who sat, I think it was a coffee shop, and day after day they would walk in and they walked him down the block and they arrested him and then he got out and he'd go sit back in that same coffee shop. He's submitting to this authority, but yeah. he, he wasn't obeying because of, there were these unjust systems in place. And I think for Christians to take up the mantle, to point to systems of power and corruption and say, no, that's not right. Yeah. That's not that's not good. And I love that you bring up Acts four because it always is fascinating to me that they go and they say, "Pray that we will be bold." Right? Like that's you right. said, pray that we will be bold. And the next passage says, "And they went out boldly." Yeah, right. Like they said, pray for boldness, and they then they were bold. Yep. And, and I often think about like you know Jesus prayed for unity, the disciples prayed for boldness. I often pray that I'd have a good day. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, right. Traveling mercies. But but if you're in your car, you're driving, you're a follower of Jesus. Uh, don't let's not church let's not have a victim mentality yeah that says the world's against us well, quite frankly the world's always been against us jesus says that's going to happen but jesus says by the power of the holy spirit go yeah go into the world and and i'm gonna i'm gonna change the world in and through the church keep and loving anyway it. keep loving anyway yeah. there will be tribulations there will be hardships keep loving anyway man that's a good word that's a good word to go out on uh like Let's live out the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. Well, friends, it's been fun. Ian, it's been a good day. Great day, man. Good day. We hope that you all have a great rest of your Wednesday and you choose to join us tomorrow at 4 o'clock here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. This is The Common Good. For Ian Simpkins, I'm Brian Fromm. Have a great night.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.